Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. March 23rd, 2023, and this is The Gateway. I'm Rachel Lipman, filling in this morning for Wayne Pratt. Coming up on the podcast today, lawmakers return to Jefferson City for the second part of the 2023 legislative session. House Republicans say many of the bills they've already passed are priorities for them. Meanwhile, in the Senate, members of the former conservative caucus do not feel they've accomplished enough at the halfway mark. You have to wonder if the more diplomatic approach that the conservatives took in the first half didn't ultimately lead to any policy successes. Well, then we might have to change tactics. St. Louis Public Radio Sarah Kellogg goes through what to expect in the second half of session. But first, the news. St. Louis's MLS soccer team has set a record. City SC beat the San Jose Earthquakes 3-0 Saturday night, making it the first expansion team in league history to win its first four games. It was also the second sold-out crowd at City Park. City SC is currently in first place in the Western Conference. They'll play again next Saturday on the road at Real Salt Lake. The Missouri legislature resumes its work today after taking a week-long spring break. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, the Missouri Senate is very likely to pick up exactly where it let off. The Missouri Senate took off a day early for spring break after they were unable to move forward on legislation that bars transgender minors from getting gender-affirming health care. Democrats filibustered the legislation both days it was up for first-round approval. The move to adjourn early angered lawmakers who wanted to pass legislation before the break. Several of them, including some former conservative caucus members, signed on to a statement expressing disappointment on the decision and said they were prepared to use, quote, whatever tools and procedures necessary to bring the bill up for a vote. As the Senate returns, the bill could be brought up again as early as this week, with currently no resolution established between Democrats and Republicans. The House is expected to begin considering the state's budget this week, as well as sports betting. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. Scientists at Missouri University of Science and Technology hope to bring a mobile radiation truck to rural Missouri to treat cancer patients. The team of engineers and other scientists use system engineering modeling to see if a mobile cancer treatment truck would be effective in parts of the state with limited access to hospitals. The model proposes placing a linear accelerator on the back of a tractor trailer, which would then drive to different clinics in underserved areas. Claire Cuny, an S&T professor who worked on the project with student Alex Price, says the model showed it would work. Many, many patients, many, many counties in Missouri, um, patients are driving uh, well over an hour to receive oncology treatment. CUNY says the team plans to apply for grant funding to create a pilot study with a real truck. In Illinois, week two of the Commonwealth Edison bribery trial gets underway later today, and a Democrat from Chicago's south suburbs is expected to take the stand. Prosecutors want to call State Representative Bob Rita. He's expected to tell the jury about how he took direction from a ComEd lobbyist on utility and gambling legislation. That lobbyist, prosecutors allege, was a secret legislative emissary to former House Speaker Michael Madigan. That lobbyist is one of four people charged in the federal corruption case. Rita was not charged with a crime. The Missouri legislature resumes its work today after a week away from Jefferson City. 
Sports betting, more tax cuts, and passing a budget are on the agenda for the next few months. But the Senate is first expected to take up bills targeting transgender rights this week. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, that and controversial legislation removing St. Louis's control of its own police department and the ability of the circuit attorney to prosecute certain violent crimes could make for a chaotic second half. Before leaving for spring break, Speaker of the House Dean Plocker said the first half of the session was successful, crediting both the leadership team and fellow Republicans for the passage of bills that, quote, protect a conservative agenda. That includes bills restricting foreign ownership of Missouri farmland, establishing an open enrollment program for public schools, and a resolution that would make the state's constitution harder to amend. However, for any of these bills to reach Governor Mike Parson's desk, they must pass through both chambers. And while the legislature has run so far without major breakdowns, ideological disagreements could obstruct both bills and productivity. For Senate Minority Leader John Rizzo, the reason why the Senate has run well up to this point is due to how some members have been treated. I do believe it was functioning because they can, they, they, they kept giving the conservative caucus guys what they wanted, right? They were paying a ransom every day to keep the Senate functioning. Before the session began, the Conservative Caucus, which routinely held up legislation last year, announced its disbandment, saying they hoped to unite under a single-majority Republican caucus. Senator Bill Eigel, a member of the former caucus, said their current strategy has not led to the results they've been hoping for. You have to wonder if the more diplomatic approach that the conservatives took in the first half didn't ultimately lead to any policy successes, well, then we might have to change tactics. Eigel also disagreed with the notions the caucus has been catered to, saying many of their priorities, such as reducing personal property taxes and initiative petition reform, have not passed the Senate yet and are being held up. Senators left for spring break a day early after they were unable to move forward on legislation that would bar transgender minors from accessing gender-affirming health care. Since that adjournment, members of the former caucus, as well as some new senators, have published a statement condemning a lack of action and have taken to social media to express their discontent. Senate floor leader Sidney O'Loughlin said she does not intend to enact a motion to end Democratic filibustering on the bill, despite calls from some senators to do so. People don't have to agree with me. They don't have to vote with me. They don't even have to like me. But I think they do have to respect the position and the fact that the caucus put me in this position. And so I'm not going to let individual senators tell me how to run the floor. O'Loughlin says she does ultimately expect the Senate to pass the ban on transition health care for minors. In addition to disagreements within the Senate itself, differences between chambers on what legislation should look like as a final product are almost a guarantee. One of those bills is a coverage extension of a Medicaid program for new mothers. In the original version of the bipartisan-backed Senate bill, new moms who receive care through MoHealthNet or the Show Me Healthy Babies program would be able to keep that coverage for a full year after giving birth. Currently, that coverage only lasts for 60 days postpartum. However, the bill went through several changes before it passed in the Senate, including a provision that would bar people who got an abortion from using the program. Some say that change could prevent the program from getting federal approval. Igo was the architect of some of those changes and said he believed they made the bill a Medicaid reform bill as opposed to a Medicaid expansion bill. But Representative Lakeisha Bosley, who has her own version of the bill, says she is hopeful that the House will be able to pass a version without those Senate additions. One area policy that will also create disagreements between chambers is the passage of the annual budget. Parson outlined what he would like to see the state spend its money during his annual State of the State address, where many of his proposals received bipartisan support. Now, months later, the first draft of the budget could be out as early as this week. 
Democratic Representative Deb Lavender, who serves on the Budget Committee, thinks there will be a difference between what Parson wants the budget to look like and what Representative Cody Smith, the House Budget Chair, is willing to spend. Lavender believes some of the biggest changes could come in education spending. House Minority Leader Crystal Quaid said she anticipates differences in spending ideas between Republican Smith and Senate Appropriations Chair Lincoln Huff. We have in the House a conservative member in charge of the budget who only wants to cut spending. That's what he's trained to do. And so now we're in a situation where we have excess money that needs to be spent. Other bills, like the legislation targeting transgender rights, state control of the St. Louis Police Department and the prosecutor's office, are likely to create a contentious second half of the session. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich was the editor on that report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music is by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Rachel Lippman, and this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.